For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lincoln Journal Star's Life in the Red podcast. As usual, Luke Mullen and Amy Just. We're still, we're getting through it. It's busy. It's busy, huh? It's been a long day. Yeah. It's been a long day. A lot going on uh, at this point in the season. Four weeks into the year uh, for the football team. Two and two record. We'll get into plenty of discussion for that. But volleyball going through a, a really big stretch in the last week. We got men's and women's basketball practice getting underway. I will have more, a full season breakdown for that later, um, you know, once they get close to uh, opening up their season. But a lot of excitement, and we'll start with volleyball uh, as we want to. Um, still undefeated for number two, Nebraska. And, you know, we talked a little bit last week about these two big conference games that they had coming up. Um, swept through both of them. You know, they were close. There were some tough periods that they had to get through, but I have to feel really good about the way that they handled both Ohio State and Minnesota. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Granted, Ohio State, I didn't necessarily know what exactly to make of them just because Ohio State has changed a lot from last year. Mm-hmm. But I thought I thought Nebraska did a really good job with containing um, some of their top-tier talent for both teams. And now they move on. Um, got Purdue um, coming up uh, four straight road matches for them. So uh, a tall task, especially for those who just haven't had this type of experience yet. Um, But I am sure that uh, they'll be able to handle business. Yeah, lots of tough road environments in the Big Ten, of course. Uh, But a couple of the standouts from those two sweeps, um, in particular, that win over Minnesota, all three of those sets were really close, 25-23, 25-20, 25-22. Uh, the scores on those. And Harper Murray, 13 kills. Merritt Beeson had 11 in that one. And I think both of those matches, uh, the offense was just very efficient. Bergen Riley doing a great job. Um, Really high hitting percentage from the team overall. Yeah, and uh, it could have been a little bit better, but um, especially in their most recent match, um, you know, the Minnesota really, really got off the block really well especially later in the match. But Bergen Riley, um, I feel like Nebraska is going to be going up against Nebraska for a lot of like the freshman of the week awards. So mm-hmm. last week it was Harper. This week it was Bergen. Um, Bergen just, I mean, she played lights out um, on uh, the match that I went to on Sunday. Um, she had like four blocks, uh, one of which was a joust. I love jousts. They're my favorite. Uh Joust and pancakes are two of my favorite things. So, um, but yeah, it's it's incredible what she and the rest of the freshmen are continuing to do. Yeah, you think, think they're going to have like a, a running tally in the locker room or something like freshman of the week awards? I'm just, I don't I'm just know. kidding. But they're competitive, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it means, <laughs> means a little bit of uh, maybe some trash talking or whatever. Friendly, friendly, of course, there. Yes. <laughs> uh, but as I mentioned, always uh, want to touch on how the basketball teams are doing, uh, men's and women's basketball, opening up some of their practice, looking ahead to the season coming up. 
Um, you know, obviously we're, we're very early, just kind of getting some of those initial vibes about how the coaches view their teams, you know, how they're, they're looking ahead to things. So what have you kind of made of how those teams are, are starting off the year? Yeah. So I got a little bit of men's practice in this morning. Obviously we didn't see a whole lot, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I really noticed is uh, Matar um, Diop. I guess I'm not 100% sure how to say his last name. He's from Senegal. He looked like the real deal today. Like, I don't know what I was imagining, but he's, you know, really bulked up. I don't know when that process started for him, but I I like the way he looked. Um, Fred has been very... Um, open with, you know, like he's a work in progress. He's really raw. He hasn't played a lot of basketball, but he is without a question going to defend the rim really, really well. I mean, he's 6'10 with like a 7'3 wingspan, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, he he looks he looks the part. Um, and then one of the other things that I noticed um was just how, you know, everyone mostly was there. Um, the, their international trip this summer, they only had like seven guys on it because so many of them were playing, uh, international basketball this summer. So to have everybody back, I think is really crucial for them because they haven't had a whole lot of practices together as the full group. Um, so that'll be good for them just to build that chemistry up with one another. I think Casey's Casey, um, but as far as some of the other newcomers go, I really, really like Rank Mast. I think he's going to be, um, a, he's going to play a really vital role for this team. I'm still unsure how the point guard position is going to go. I, and this is my opinion, I doubt that Aaron Euless will be able to play. I just, I doubt it. But no idea. Um, Fred Hoiberg said today there's they haven't really been given a timeline from the NCAA as to when they're going to make their decision on what his eligibility moving forward will look like. Um, so lots of things up in the air for sure, but um, still working with getting Blaze back. He had that um, off-season ankle procedure. Um, he's not 100% yet. Um, he did not practice today um, in the portion that we were available to see in good injury news. Josiah Alec was full go yesterday, full go today. Um, he also had an off-season ankle procedure. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he contributes as well. Um, and then Ramel Lloyd, um, sophomore guard, did not practice today. Um, something happened yesterday in practice, not entirely sure what. Um, but they're waiting to see um, the results of that. So lots of good things, lots of not so good things, lots of who knows right now. Um, As far as the women go, did not get to watch them practice this week. Um, But Amy Williams is really high on her squad. She thinks a lot of the returners, uh, Allison Widener, who had, um, who tore ACL um, in December. She is pretty close. Um, but they're keeping her on load management right now. So, yeah, lots of really good things. Um, opening night is Friday, so fans will get a little taste of what's to come. And then more um, will be coming out in the next couple of weeks, media days, 
are, um, I don't know the date off the top of my head. All I know is that we get back from Illinois and then I leave <laughs> and then I leave yep. to go, go to right Minnesota. Yep. So yeah, it's a uh, never a dull moment, but, um, I'm really excited for the prospects of both of these teams. Um, even though Nebraska men's basketball was not, um, an NCAA tournament team last year, I really liked that group of guys. Um, and I think that they have a really high ceiling this year, especially with getting Juwan Gary back. Anyway, that was a very long rant about basketball. I mean, a, a lot to like about both those teams. You know, the, the mix of talent coming back, especially the women's team, some of those younger players, you know, learning, improving. Some of those starters, too, were pretty young last year. Um, you know, men's team, too. A lot of a lot of new talent coming in. Uh, so these next couple of weeks, very important for both those teams. And again, we'll, uh, we'll follow up with that and we'll have a full season preview coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned for that, all you basketball fans on the pod out here but we got some football to talk about <laughs> we always do and this week again talking about a win um nebraska defeating louisiana tech 28 to 14 um evening their season record at two and two and the key to this one of course the ground game 300 plus yards of it uh that's what got the job done and it could have been more sure could have could have yeah. been more um i knew that was gonna be the key to success for them in this game just because Louisiana Tech's rush defense is abysmal. Um, they didn't really go to it a whole lot early, but then they finally settled in and went to it, and it worked. Shocking. What a concept. But, yeah, I really liked the way that Harbor Grant, I really liked Anthony Grant. Um, I thought that game did a lot for his confidence, um, especially after having not played much this season and not at all against Colorado after he had that fumble against Minnesota. So, yeah, I I thought that game did a lot for him. Um, Going to be a tough test this week to see what the run game will look like. I think it will depend wholly on who is out there at quarterback for them. Um, the update that we got today, we're recording this on Tuesday, is that Harburg was full go in practice today and Jeff Sims is still not 100%. So there you have it. <laughs> That's what we know at the moment. At the moment, this yep. present moment. Things obviously are subject to change in between now and Saturday. Um, but as of right now, I would imagine they're going to be trending in Harburg's direction. Because again, and I've made this point several times, but I'll make it again. You do not want Jeff Sims in there if he is not 100%. You do not want a running quarterback in there on a bum ankle when he's not 100%. That's just a recipe for disaster. And think about what the margin for error looks like. There is none. There's, there yeah. is none. There, yeah. No. And so, yeah, I just, I'm not uh, in favor of that at all. Um, but we'll see. Maybe he has, he turns things around this week for his health. But I just, I don't think it's a good idea, especially when Michigan's defensive line and all of its, you know, NFL prospects on it just don't they move quick. I don't yeah. like that matchup, especially with a guy on a bum ankle. Yeah. But it seems like Harburg's health trending in the right direction. Yes. It wasn't anything too major. Thankfully. Uh, yes. That happened there end of the fourth or late in the fourth quarter there last week. But just in terms of Harburg's play, you know, I, I liked what I saw eight to 17 passing for 170 yards 
ran it 19 times for 157. And like you said, could have been more. A couple of really big breakaway runs in there, one that was uh, called back for holding. Uh, but zero turnovers, two touchdowns, uh, did what he had to do. And I think when you look at this offense as a whole, it hasn't really mattered whether it was Sims back there or whether it was Harburg. Like they've started slow. They found the rhythm a little bit there in the second half, you know, coming out of that halftime locker room. Uh, but it's never been flawless. It's never been executed at the level that that the coaches want to see from him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, he's young, yeah. you know, like I'm not reading into his mistakes a whole lot um, because he is young. These are his first two you know, real games, right? So all you can ask for is progress. And I think he's made some. Um, definitely, I know he wants some of those missed throws back because yep. some of those were pretty bad and he'll tell you that. So, but yeah, regardless though, you cannot make mistakes like that against Michigan. And I guess we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the kind of mistake too, because there were a couple of those throws, right, that he sailed a little bit, but, you know, they sail out of bounds. Like, that's tolerable. But, you know, there's one or two that land, you know, inbounds. It's like, eh, that that definitely could have been a pick. So zero turnovers, like, they were fortunate to maybe avoid that last week. Uh, but, yeah, really have to be focused, precise with everything offensively this week uh, because not a lot of room uh, to operate in. But Really, really quick, too. I think one of the the big, big calls from last week was that fake field goal. I loved it. I <laughs> loved Incredible. it. I love, yeah. I love aggression on special teams, especially when things aren't going exactly how you planned. Um, you know, I really I think Tristan Alvano has a bright future, but he's going through some stuff right now. So why not risk it? What do you have to lose? Nothing. Uh, Timmy Bleakrod was so close to getting in there. The The picture he tweeted after was hilarious with all the tires. Yep, got to do the tire drill. Got to, yeah. Quick beat, Timmy. Incredible, <laughs> incredible. So hopefully they the, the situation presents itself where they can call that up again at some point this season because um, I really think that that play has an opportunity to be a game changer for them. What I really like about it too is you know, you can think back to that Minnesota game too, you know, that weird double reverse, you know, back to Sims, like they've got a fake field goal here. Like you don't call those things right unless you've practiced them a lot. So, you know, you, you get a couple of those wrinkles here in the first couple of weeks of the season. Like you get the sense they've got, they've got some more stuff saved up in that playbook and, you know, who, who knows whether yeah, just they work think that of, in. Yeah, exactly. But think of that pass uh, that had you know, Heinrich, you know, line up at the age yeah, back and true. then go out for a pass. Like they've got stuff in there. Um, and they, if they want a shot to win this week. They might have to empty yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> this is, this is the week to, to catch them off guard, but yeah. also Nebraska dealing with a weather delay, pretty unique situation. Um, not so unique when there's been some, uh, some rain delays here in the last, you know, five, six years. That Akron game obviously was a, a wild one, but kind of a, an interesting situation. You talked to a couple of players about just what that experience was like after the game. You know, tough to stay locked in a little bit, but it seems like everybody had that collective mindset when it happened of like, you cannot let the energy down because they still had, you know, whatever it was, eight seven, eight minutes yeah. to, to go out there and finish. Yeah, I thought Deshaun Singleton made a really good point about 
how on Wednesdays they go out, they practice hard, and then they come back in, mm-hmm. and then they go back out. And he said it felt like a Wednesday practice, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then on Monday, Matt Rule said the same thing. You no, know, it just felt like a Wednesday. I'm like, huh, interesting. There are some things you can't practice for, but apparently, I guess you can. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I. What gets me is just like you don't know how long it's going to last. And for them, it lasted 56 minutes. But it could have been an hour, two hours. If it would have been longer, I think that question would have been more pre- like Definitely. Yeah. precedent. Like how how do you stay locked in when you have no idea how much longer you're going to have to wait? Yeah. But, but thankfully, it was, it was pretty quick for them. You know, yeah. they had whatever, 20 minutes. And then they kind of had an idea that they were going to go out there, um, start warming up soon after. And, you know, altogether, it was, it was, it was pretty smooth. Um, obviously, a lot of fans had had made their way out of Memorial Stadium by that point, and it was uh, an interesting ending to the game so with weird a, a fraction of of what you'd usually have there in the stands. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, not sure I've ever seen something quite like that, but you know the the fans that stayed, they had a good time. Yep, memorable weather. I mean, stuff like that happens. It was a unique unique game day, uh, but on field result, Nebraska comes away with the win. And talking about a couple of more big picture things about this team right now, um, a couple of personnel discussions, linebacker Luke Reimer's questionable, exited last week's game with an injury, um, left tackle Teddy Prochaska getting more snaps as that sixth offensive lineman. But we're saying on Monday, Turner Corcoran still that starter at left tackle right now. And want to just discuss the offensive line at the moment, because I think we've seen huge, huge improvements from them in the run game. I mean, that's powered Nebraska. I mean, Anthony Grant doesn't run for, you know, 100 yards. Heinrich Harburg doesn't, you know, break off tackle and go 75 untouched without the offensive line doing a good job. But pass protection is still still a, a trouble spot for them. Yeah, they need to shore up some things, especially, in my opinion, on the left side. Um, whether that be, yes, you know, Matt Rule has said that, you know, Turner Corcoran is still their left tackle. I just wonder if, especially against a team like Michigan, if you're going to bring in a tight end to chip more often than you normally do, I think that would be a good idea. I just think that left side of the offensive line needs some help. Um, Or you have Teddy in there, you know, effectively as your jumbo um, to help out on some of that. So I know a lot of people are really frustrated with the pass protection, um, and I would be too especially from that side, you just, you can't, that side needs to be a strength, not a liability. And so, yeah, that side just, they keep finding their way through. Um, So we'll see what happens against Michigan. But yeah, I would highly suggest um, a sixth offensive lineman on that side or a tight end on that side just to help chip, just to slow things down a little bit. Yep. Definitely some smart things they can do. But like I said, I I think that the run game, uh, they've done a good job firing off the ball, creating some push up there. Uh, But this week will be a whole new whole new challenge. Uh, Some big, big players in there for Michigan. But before we get to that, before we get to, you know, Big Ten play, Nebraska's two and two. How how should they feel about that? Good, I guess. Yeah, fine. It's fine. Like. You know, it's a it's a decent record for what we know um, that this could have been. You know, I think that 
Minnesota game still lingers because they had that within their grasp and then they let it through their fingers. So, ooh, I rhymed. How about that? That was not intentional. Um, Yeah, I just don't. It's a two and two is good, but I just am not. What's the word I'm looking for? Impressed? Mm -hmm. Like they've just left so much out there. But it could be worse, right? It could be worse. So think back to last year. Things were not not even at 500. They were never, they're never there. (laughs) Things were very bad last year. So yeah, I mean, you just take it for what it is. It's two and two. There's a lot of ground to be made up. There's a lot of really good things about this team, though, too. Like their run defense. Number one. Number one. One in the nation. We'll see if they stay at number one through this week. If they stay at number one through this week, maybe we're talking about a win. (laughs) But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I I agree, though. I I think that the run defense is one of those things that you can look to at the team and, and just say, wow, like this is four weeks into the year. This has been a complete success. And there's other aspects of the team where you're like, you know, they've showed good things. They've showed, you know, flashes. Uh, but consistency hasn't been there. And definitely that that Minnesota game is huge because right now, if you look at those final eight games and you're like, you know, where's Nebraska going to get these wins from, right? I mean, there's there's a couple that stand out, you know, Purdue, Northwestern. They lose to Northwestern. Right. Nebraska should be very, very competitive in those yeah. games, right? But if they had that Minnesota win, if, you know, they had that 1-0 Big Ten record coming in, things would look a lot, a lot more brighter for their season outlook. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they, you know, be at three and one, you need to find three, three more wins. That's doable. I don't, I don't know. So the challenge is harder. And we'll, after, after these first two conference weeks, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring in for some midseason reflection that we'll really, we'll really talk about uh, what the path is to six wins after that point. So Starting this week, uh, back into Big Ten play, the full Big Ten slate, um, starting off as tough as it gets, number two Michigan, national championship contender. Uh, Michigan defense in particular is so legit. Um, No more than seven points scored by an opponent during the Wolverines' 4-0 start. That's a nation best, 5.8 points per game allowed by the Wolverines. But I give it a little bit of a grain of salt, like the quality of opponents that they played wasn't the greatest. Uh, during that non-conference slate, but this defense from Michigan is good. I mean, you watch five minutes of them play, and uh, you know they they just clog up that line of scrimmage. That's something that Tony White kind of talked about today, or Marcus Sauterfield, I should say, about how they kind of shrink that box. Is what he said. You know, like they just eliminate some of that space that your offense works in. Um, and a couple of the different players to shout out on this Michigan defense. By the way, former Nebraska linebacker Ernest Hausman coming back for the game, but a couple of the, the stars there, the linebacker Junior Colson, tackling machine, the engine of that defense, and Chris Jenkins, he doesn't have a lot of sacks or TFLs or whatever, but he is a really impactful interior defensive lineman that's going to make it tough for Nebraska to run the ball. Yeah, both of those guys are really, really impressive. And, you know, in a few years from now, I'm going to want to look back and see how many yeah. guys that are on this defense are like within the first five rounds of the NFL draft, yeah. like it's going to be a lot. It's not going to be like Georgia two years ago a lot, but it's it's going to be several. And you wonder um, what Nebraska is going to be able to do to not just stop one or two of them, but stop them all. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I think you can slow them down. Maybe. 
But stop them? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I think the challenge is, like, Michigan defensively, they're big up front. You know, they've got a great second level. You know, maybe you can attack that secondary a little bit, but when you've got that front seven, I mean, that just that just makes everything so difficult offensively. And it's just what makes pass protection so much more important yeah. this week. And if you're having tough times against non-conference opponents, how are you going to do against a team that is so good at disrupting that? Yeah. And, you know, similar to Nebraska, Michigan does move guys around a lot. They talk about, you know, being multiple, having those different looks. So the hope that, you know, their practice preparation can help them with that. But obviously game environment is something new altogether. So that'll be the challenge uh, for Nebraska in that regard. And the other flip side is that Michigan has a, a very good offense too. Something that, you know, you'd expect from a, you know, Big Ten contender like they are. But J.J. McCarthy, one of the top quarterbacks they'll face all year, very polished passer, runs the, runs the offense efficiently, has a lot of different targets uh, there in the passing game. And the running back duo, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, uh, saw that last year. They're both excellent uh, veteran offensive line in front of them. Uh, it's going to be tough for this number one in the nation run defense to live up to that billing this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because both of them, like Corum and Edwards, are really different in what yeah. they do, but they're both really effective Thunder in how they do it. Yep. Yeah, I just, we will see. I feel like I keep saying that because I'm like trying not to be mean because I think this could be rough. Um, I'm I'm concerned. I will say that I'm <laughs> concerned about what this Michigan offense is going to do uh, because the defense has been so solid so far, but I just see McCarthy being able to dink and dunk, you know, get these short yardage passes that, you know, you, you got to have some of that available to the quarterbacks. And some of these first few that Nebraska's face, they haven't really utilized that, you know, they've missed throws. I mean, he is a veteran. He's going to be able to take what the defense gives him, pick them apart. When that running game gets going, I just think they're going to complement each other. And it just, it just has that feeling of once Michigan is able to string some first downs together, it's it's going to be downhill. It's going to be too tough to stop, maybe. It's going to be a long Saturday, I fear. Yep. Well, let's get into our hot topic, talking about that a little bit, um, about the challenge that Nebraska is going up. Uh, Michigan, obviously, a very physical team. Um, has some great offensive linemen, great defensive linemen. And so that battle is going to be the one to watch. How do we think Nebraska will hold up physically against Michigan? I think this team matches up better than last year. But there are not enough Bloody Tuesdays in the world to make them close right now. Yep. So, no. <laughs> well... Michigan's a, a national championship contender because of how good they are up front. And Nebraska's, you know, mid-tier Big Ten team, probably. You know, above average, nice. above average in some regards, um, below average in either. So talent is going to win out. Power, strength, you know, the years that they've had, uh, they're developing those lines at Michigan. I think that will win out. But at the same time, I think, you do have to feel pretty good about the defensive line being able to hold their own, you know, not get bullied off the ball. I, I don't think this is going to be one of those games that, you know, in the last few years, there's been teams that have come in, you know, run for 300, you know, 350 yards. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But ultimately, Michigan's going to be able to create some gaps there on offense. I think that they're going to be able to stop some stuff on defense. They're going to win more of those battles than not. 
That's fair. You're being kind. <laughs> well, trying to trying to be fair, trying to I don't know. It's not, not that too harsh. It's not that I think Nebraska is terrible. It's that I think Michigan is yep. really, really, really bleeping good. Absolutely. Yep. So score prediction. <laughs> Michigan 35, Nebraska 7. I'm close. I've got 31 to 10, which is maybe even a little closer than I think it should be. Um, just because, I, I mean, how many times, this is reflecting our scores, how many times do we think Nebraska is going to A, get into scoring range, and then B, be able to convert on those chances? I feel like there's going to be one opportunity um, that'll come off of a special team situation that'll give them a short field or a rare uh, McCarthy, uh, you know, malfunction, I guess. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's going to be able to put together drives. They're going to score points. I feel like this could be one of those games that's pretty competitive as Nebraska's had, you know, first 15, 20-ish minutes. I feel like it's going to be tight. Only a couple of possessions. And then similar to some other games, I think Michigan should uh, pull away there in the second half. Pretty sounds, pretty standard game against the overmatched team, right? Sounds fair. Yep. But as long as the offensive coordinator doesn't get taken out on the sideline like last year and two quarterback injuries, I think we'll be okay. I mean, is is the truth. Chapa Purdy got thrown out there. Last he got year. hurt. Yep. Logan Smothers yep. thrown out there. Got hurt. Jarrett Sinak came in for That's cleanup true. duty. Man, that seems like a long time ago. That day was so cold. It's the coldest I think I've been in a really long time. It was, yeah, I forgot it was literally snowing. I'm trying to Snowing, raining. Well, I'm outside the stadium interviewing Harper Murray, freezing, just like, are you excited to come to Nebraska? Like shivering. Oh, man, it was awful. She's great. Yeah, pre-stardom Harper Murray. Been there. Yeah. Been there since uh, signing day. That's right. So a lot, a lot, a lot to like, I think about this matchup, you know, national powerhouse coming in opportunity for the team to show some of the progress that they've made. But I think everybody knows it's going to be tough. Um, they're going to have to limit mistakes, you know, execute to the highest level. Those are some of the goals we're, we're hearing for the team this week. They know, they know it's a real challenge. Yep. Should be a good atmosphere. 230 kick, of course, again this week. Um, a lot, a lot of attention there on that game, and we'll see the talent that Michigan has to offer. Again, look back in a couple years, um, you know, see what happens there. But we'll have all the different game coverage stuff to watch there at JournalStar.com. We've got some previews, uh, stuff to watch for here coming up in the next couple of days. Of course, volleyball has some big matches coming up too there on the road. So our Brent Wagner will have you covered for that as well. So appreciate all of you listeners, our viewers, um, for sticking with the coverage. And that's been it for this week's Life in the Red. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.